Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. And today we're on the phone with a special guest of ours, Travis Buzzle, who is the owner and founder of Coast to Coast Studios. Travis, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, Dino. I really want to appreciate you for your time and having me on the show. It is our pleasure, Travis. And I know for audience listening at home, they probably don't know your name, but they probably have seen some of your work, I would say, if they follow Project Purple, because you are awesome in helping us with the My Cause, My Cleats campaign with a couple of the LA Chargers a couple months back. It's crazy because that just happened literally a couple weeks back, about a month ago when they did the big yeah. push. But you know, for those listeners at home, and I think for the general public who don't know, I mean, this this happens months in advance. <laughs> you know, like the sneakers and the unveiling. Yeah, absolutely. And the, it's a the, project that they squeeze in. Don't give a lot of time for it, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely, definitely doesn't happen overnight. Um, so, I mean, you helped tell that narrative there with Blake at B Street Shoes and being able to really kind of tell that narrative of these three players selecting Project Purple and all the videos and stuff. So we had that going for quite some time and we're able to, you know, with the help of, uh, you know, your amazing talents, uh, show the audience at home that whole process and the little kind of unveiling, uh, unveiling, I should say, that we did there in Blake's studio with a couple of the players along with Sean on our on our board of directors. So appreciate the support for our mission and helping tell that narrative because that is so critical to our mission in a world without pancreatic cancer. Absolutely. It was really my pleasure. Um, I shoot a lot of different things in the industry and when it comes to shooting something that has a lot of meaning behind it, I, I give a lot of pride into that. Well, I appreciate it. We, you can certainly tell with the, with the work that you put into it. So it, again, it's powerful stuff and it's meaningful stuff for us. So it's just not uh, filming some stuff that's just going to go out on social media and, and kind of been, uh, you know, really giving us the opportunity to tell those guys story with Dylan and Andre and, and what they were doing for Project Purple. And I think also the, the fascinating part with that is just the, the artistic you know, design, you know, it's just really fascinating yeah. from Blake. And I know we're going to have him here on our podcast soon. So, you know, for those listening at home, that'll be another great episode to listen to. And Blake is a, a very interesting uh, individual who's super talented and, and has been, you know, helping not just Project Purple, but so many great organizations through this My Cause, My Cleats, and a lot of the players there with the LA Chargers being able to help them, you know, honor so many great missions and so many great charities doing so many great things. So it's great stuff, man. Really, really great stuff. Absolutely. Blake's, Blake's definitely a phenomenal person, and he puts a lot of passion behind his business and his artwork. Yeah, and, and we're really looking forward to having him on the podcast. So, well, I wanted to talk to you about your story and and you know i'd love and and this is kind of where our dialogue began and i was like man i'd love to get you on the podcast because you were very generous to send over the video that you put together about your story and you know you're you're not from yeah. california even though you're sitting physically in california today um for our audience listening at home why don't you give them kind of a uh an insight into your background, how you got to California, what were you doing before, and, and where are you from originally? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a little shortened version. And for those of you who are listening and want to listen to the full version, it is on my YouTube at Coast to Coast Studios. Um, originally, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, a small town just outside of the city called Hubbardson, Massachusetts. 
sure. So I woke up early that morning and took a shower, you know, and I was getting ready. And my grandfather lived in the house also, and he was knocking on the door, you know, telling me he needed to use the bathroom. I heard my dad's alarm clock going off, and I went to wake him up. That was the day that really changed my life. My grandparents adopted me from that day on, and they put me through school. I learned a lot of different values and how short life could be. And at that moment, I said to myself, I do not want to be born and raised and die in this town. And I found photography, and, and that that pushed me to push for human interaction, you know. And so I found a passion that gave me ability to run away from the things that I was running from, you know, and, and it was a good thing. And I seen two paths. I could go down the road of, of sorrow and depression and drugs and alcohol, or I could go down a road of pushing towards my passions, pushing towards my dreams, inspiring others from my story and making my father proud. So I graduated college in 2012. Hallmark Institute of Photography, and I had to pay my student loans right away, got a job building rock climbing walls, and that opened me up to traveling. They started traveling me all the way to Salt Lake City, Nashville, all these different places, and I wasn't using my college education, which was photography, videography, business, and marketing. So I saved up my money, and I was like, I'm going to go take a backpack to Salt Lake City. I did a lot of research into there. They seem to have a great economy, a good good jobs, easy to find a job, and it was a good spot for me to really make my start. My goal is Los Angeles, but I knew that I couldn't dive right into L.A. without having the experience or the knowledge behind it. So I started off in Salt Lake City. Um, big thing that I would say to a lot of the viewers that are trying to push towards their dreams is reaching out to your biggest inspirations in your field to learn from them, work for them, and that's that's going to get you really far. So that's what I did. I reached out to Mark Reynolds. He ended up offering me a position in the studio, and I learned so much for the two years that I was there in Salt Lake City. I still have that studio open now, and I ended up keep traveling to Las Vegas. I went up to Portland, Oregon, Washington, all over, and then I ended up here in Los Angeles. And now I've had the opportunity to work with artists such as Snoop Dogg, Blake Shelton. I've done work for National Geographic. And I now rent a studio in B Street Shoes. He has a, a dope studio and, and a nice little office space. So I run my office and all my edits here. That's how we got kind of tied in. I shoot all of his work for his shoes now. That's awesome. That's kind of my story in a nutshell. So when you were making this trek across country to eventually get to L.A., I mean... There's so many things, Travis, so many questions that just came to my mind. So, like, yeah. along that way, I mean, that's got to be kind of, I mean, that's not usually the, the the normal path. People just usually hop on a plane, get to L.A., and then just try to figure it out. But you kind of had these pit stops along the way. So was there any point in that time where you were like, man, I, I, I'm just not going to do this or it's just not going to happen? And, like, how did you kind of keep it going, man? I left home with nothing but a backpack and about two grand. Which is not a lot of money. Salt Lake City. <laughs> no, not a lot of money. And and I use that to inspire people today. You don't need a lot of money. You just you need you don't need any money. I can say that confidently because I came here two years ago to LA with zero, with nothing, and I slept in a bush for thirty seven days until I got connected. That's a whole nother story. 
I've been I've been homeless. I found myself in different positions where I thought I wasn't going to make it, but I always knew that if I kept pushing towards what I truly believed in, it would happen. So when you're so I'm not trying to pick on you here, but since you brought it yeah. up, you're so you you physically slept in a bush. I physically slept in a bush. I was in Salt Lake City. I was in a bad relationship. I had a lot taken from me, and I knew I was ready for LA. I just needed to be there. So I, to get away from the situation, I ran and I, I came here to LA with just my camera equipment and a few, uh, like a bag of clothes. And I got a Planet Fitness membership. So I showered there daily and everything. I, I'm really good at finding a job, got a job, and it took me about 30 days. It's expensive out here. So it took me about 30 days to get enough money to rent a room and then an apartment. So during those 30 days, I mean, so you're sleeping in a bush. Yeah. Literally. Literally. What are some of the things that are going through your head to keep you going 30 days? Because I would think the majority of the population after one or two nights, like Mm -hmm. they're, they're out, man. Like they're going back home. Well, I kept myself really busy. You know, I, when I say slept in a bush, I literally at sundown, that's where I go to sleep. I wake up and I'd hustle. I'd go. I, I got a job really fast. So I, I got a job um, building, tearing apart wine barrels and rebuilding them. And my boss didn't know I was homeless at the time because you would have never known looking at me that I was homeless. But I showed up to work every day, hustled, grinded. And after I got an apartment, I went to him and said, hey, you know, you know, I'm a hard work and everything. I just want you to know that during that whole time I was homeless. You know, what did he say? He was amazed. He was like, wow, why didn't you come to me? And I was like, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be that guy. I wanted to prove, I wanted to number one, prove to myself that I could do it. And I did GoPro the whole experience. So I really wanted to do it as a project. I said, I'm going to go film this experience because I have so many people now that I'm experienced and somewhat successful here, hit me up on Instagram and say, how can I do it? And they make every excuse in the world on why they can't come here and make a start. So I'm going to eventually release my film on there's zero excuse. There's no excuse that you can't do it because I did it with nothing. And what is amazing is my show, I just filmed an episode where I got a gym owner. I wanted to, I wanted to show my audience that you have to ask for what you want for in life. So I asked this very successful CEO, can I drive your $400,000 car? It's always been a dream of mine and finish this interview. So we drove in his Rolls Royce and I drove past the bush and I told him two years ago, I slept in that bush and on this day, I'm driving past that bush in a half million dollar car. Damn, man, that's powerful stuff, man. Yeah, So I mean. Though, though, though I, I wanna get back to this living in the bush or sleep, not living yeah. in the bush, but sleeping in the bush because, mm-hmm. so did you know ahead of the time like you were like, hey, I'm in a bad relationship in Salt Lake. My ultimate goal is LA. Screw it. I'm going to go and we're going to go now and I'm going to stay there and do whatever I can. And then did you realize, hey, I think it'd be really cool to videotape this experience for use to some, t- some point in the future? Or was that kind of ahead of the time? Like, Well, I didn't really have the video planned, but I did have a GoPro in my camera. So I started filming and I always see these successful people they get criticized saying you got handed this, you know? So I wanted to actually hold on to this footage till I'm very successful. And when somebody says you got handed this, 
that's some powerful stuff, man. That's some some yeah. deep, thoughtful kind of motivation, like deep and dark in some mm-hmm. aspects, but also very intelligent in other aspects in the sense like, you know, from a pure motivation standpoint. So I'm going to take it back a little bit even further. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't happen overnight. I mean, that's yep. not something that you read in a book like, hey, go live in L.A. for 30 days in a bush and video record it. Like that just doesn't inherently happen. So there had to be somewhere, some experience or a lesson. I can tell you where it stems yeah, from. My dad, that's... where I'm from, it's really wooded area. And my dad, when he, I heard a story that my dad, when he was younger, he made it a point to try to live off the grid. Because back in the 70s and stuff, people were saying, oh, you need technology to live. And he made it a point to live 60 days without, like, off the grid, you know, in the woods. And that was, like, a big inspiration of mine where I was like, if he could do it, I can definitely do it. Well, the suburbs of Boston are clearly a lot different than L.A. Absolutely. And what's funny with here, it, it, I live just south of L.A., so I went to a beach community, first of all. I don't think you could do that anywhere in the United States but here because it didn't rain the whole time I was out there. Not one day did it rain. I was sleeping next to million-dollar houses, and one night I was literally walking. I didn't find the bush yet, and I literally stumbled across this bush, and I sat there, and it was huge. And I started kicking into it, and I hollowed out the hole inside of it. So you were lit. So what were you? What did you do with your? That this is so fascinating to me. What did you do yeah. with your stuff? Like that you the bag of clothes. I put it in a Planet Fitness locker. Oh, okay, okay. So I'd shower there. I'd go get my massages every night. I'd work out, and then go to work the next day. And you would just sleep in the bush. So you're just like yeah, hanging but out. I knew that it was only going to take so long to rent a room and then get an apartment. So I knew it was only temporary. And I knew what I would gain. It was an it was it was an investment for me. So it's almost like a game, you know. And I'm not yeah. again not trying to make light of the situation, you know. That's no, a struggle, absolutely. but like it's almost like a game. Like, hey, you knew it's almost like Survivor, right? Like you're going out into this bush, you're gonna live in the bush. And what do I mean by this? Like survival and like a game is like mentally. And I've always said this: like people can do some amazing, amazing stuff mentally. We've seen it here within the charity work, with endurance, Absolutely. with marathons, CrossFitters, and then you've seen it in just all walks of life. But so you mentally convinced yourself that this was a thirty-day process. Like I'm going to live in this bush. I'm going to make it as comfortable as possible. Like I'm on a cloud. You know, in terms of a, a sleeping arrangement or whatever you had to do, but yeah. it's it's got an infinite, not infinite amount of time, but it's finite. Thirty days, and I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I knew I'd be in, I'd be putting myself in the position to succeed the most because being a filmmaker, Los Angeles is where you want to be. Yeah, so it's your destination of choice, and this is just the small sacrifice, really, to get mm-hmm. to that ultimate goal. Well, a lot of people think, oh, I need to save up 10 grand to move to L.A., you know? And I guess if you want to live in a really nice place. Yeah. Yeah, no. you got to take steps, you know? Absolutely, man. So I, I'm just so fascinated by this because I think there's so many. It's amazing, too, because you got this exclusive. I've never even released this. Well, this is why we my... love the podcast and we like getting deep into this stuff. So yeah, absolutely. 
I, I, I've never this, really told anybody about this story, so you got it exclusively so far. Oh, I love it, Trap. Well, we don't have the exclusive. The video is really the exclusive, and that'll be the, the real story behind this. But yeah, I think exactly. this has so many correlations to life because I am mm-hmm. so fascinated with the mindset and like – you know, okay, here we are at the beginning of the year, and what happens? The planet fitnesses are swamped, right? Everyone's going to the planet fitness because they want to eat good food, they want to work out, and then what happens a month later? What happens after 30 days? It doesn't look the same, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's where I think the mind is so powerful, man. It's the most powerful tool that we have in our bag of tools. Um, so, during those 30 days, was there ever a moment where you were like, man, I'm out. Like, I, I can't do this anymore. Or was there ever a time maybe, I mean, I know you said, so I would imagine, were you in like the Huntington Beach area, Newport Beach area? Where were you hanging yeah, out? Yeah, I was right in, right in Newport Beach. Well, when I left Boston, um, I had a group of friends that supported me, but I left with a one-way plane ticket with a little bit of cash. And they were all like, every one of them said, I'll see you next month. He'll be back. You know, he'll be back. Yeah. And I always, I always said, no, I'm not going to. So that was like, for the whole years leading up to that, I had a lot of difficulties losing my places. You know, things, things happen. You're on the top, then you're on the bottom. And I always said, no matter what, I'm not going back. You know, if I was laying in a ditch, I could call somebody and they'd probably fly me home. So I always had that, that golden ticket in my back pocket that if worse came to worse, I could. But I also sleeping in that bush, I just knew that. I would never go back home and hear that. I told you so. So another driver from a motivation standpoint. But there was never a point where like, hey, man, last night got really hairy. Like I saw a mountain lion or I heard some coyotes on the canyon and, uh, you know, or, you know, someone else or someone someone else trying to get in on my bush or something, you know, that that kind of maybe fared for uh, my safety or anything. There was never a point in those 30 days where you were like, I, I, I think I'm going to check out. No, I can't say there was because I, I was chasing a passion and I knew my end goal. So if there even was one, you didn't see it. Suffice to say, like, you know, you were so focused on that end goal and knowing that this would, you know, get to where your ultimate goal was that, like, let's say, hey, there was like some noise at night, like you were, it just wasn't, it wasn't an issue for you. No. I'm from the woods. Being from the woods, I was used to all that. Being from the woods, I knew how to hide myself and never be seen, you know, so I put myself in a good position and I was next to multi-million dollar houses, so. Yeah, so you felt pretty safe. It was was kind of a safe area. So silly question here. Did you sleep solid? Like, did you get good sleep? I actually, to be honest, I found this, like, big Tempur-Pedic, like, foam mattress thing. Put it in there, and then there was, like, this grill cover that I put over it. I obviously had my sleep bag, so I slept like a king every day. Being right on the beach, you could hear the waves. Had a nice breeze coming through. I actually felt fortunate because I looked to my left and right and I'm like, these guys are paying millions and millions of dollars to sleep. I'm closer to the beach than they are, you know? That's so amazing, man. (laughs) So it's it's all in your perspective. You can focus on the negatives, but I focused on the positives and I was like, I'm sleeping here in California next to these and these people are paying 15,000 a month to sleep here, you know? 
for reference, and this is not a joke, but how big was the bush, like, diameter-wise? Are we talking, like, 15 oh, feet? I couldn't really stand up in it. it. Literally, it was, like, standing outside of it. It was taller than me. But inside it, I just hollowed it all out. I could fit my bike in there. And you never got caught? Like, the neighbors? I I mean, yeah. I've been to Newport Beach in that area, man. I mean, it's like, you're right. I mean, the houses are just stunning in there. No, I was very safe, and I knew that. I had a good spot, so I didn't tell anybody where it was. <laughs> I didn't make friends with the people I didn't want to be, you know? Yeah. I always feel you're a product of the five people you surround yourself with, so I never, Absolutely. you know, I never associated myself with anybody I didn't want to potentially be. That's so fascinating, man. You just never, yeah. it's almost like the guy next door, you just never know until you know, like, his whole background and his story. So you know, and that 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 has given me such a better outlook on homeless people because you never know the situation that you're going to be in. And what's amazing is, <clears throat> I actually one day I had to fly a sign, and I put on the sign, "I'm chasing my dreams. I'm I'm in a place that I don't want to be." And this late one lady stopped, and she looked at me and she says, "You don't belong out here." And her name was Megan Stillwell, and she offered me a job. She gave me money that day and said, I'll be here at this time tomorrow. I'll be back here. So I went back there. She offered me a job. This is right before I got the line barrel job. And it was at a beautiful senior sitting, senior living center, assisted living center. And I just about got the job there, but I got a better paying opportunity and I, I, I couldn't take it. But now that I'm successful, I actually went to Megan about a month ago with my project called Project Wisdom, where I go into a senior sitting senior living center and I sit down one-on-one with the resident asking them question by question that brings them from their childhood all the way to present day and I feel we can learn so much so I went to her and she we're actually working on project together that's awesome that's so wild man that was really amazing so I I would just want to get back to kind of the Mm -hmm. timeline here so you get to LA you're living in the bush 30 days you get into a place where you can afford because you're hustling, you're working. So, and you just mentioned something. So next job opportunity that arose, you know, was working in the senior living and what you said you had another opportunity that was better, more paying at the time. So what was that opportunity? So yeah, the opportunity rose with called the whiny guys. They buy retired wine barrels and they tear it apart and make different furniture out of it. It was a woodworking shop. Something I was a little bit more comfortable with. I mean, I love old people, but I don't necessarily want to clean up after them. Yeah. You know? So you start working with the whiny guys, and it's it's fascinating. I've been fortunate to be out in California plenty of times, and, and what can be done with a wine barrel is so fascinating to me. Um, I've oh, seen amazing. it up in Napa County and Sonoma County, and just to see like these works of art with old wine barrels and I remember years ago, it kind of brings me back to uh, the years of my dad making his own wine and like we'd have these oak barrels in our basement, you know, for the fermentation and for the storage of the wine and the process of making his own homemade wine. And I remember when we were done with that, like back in the mid 90s, like you could you couldn't give away wine barrels and now they're at like a premium, you know, like it's so crazy how it's come back. And I was like, oh, damn, man, I wish we still had my dad's old wine barrels. So they probably worth a a pretty penny. But so fascinating how that that has transitioned. Absolutely. 
So you're with the whiny guys, you're building out furniture, and how long were you there? I was there for about, I moved in here to Blake's about seven months ago. Seven months. I was there for about a year and a half, and Blake's shop is actually like four bays down from the whiny guys. So I would walk past Blake's every day, and I'd see his custom shoes sitting outside drying, (laughs) and I just made a point, you know, I went in and... I had a lot of experience building my portfolio throughout the years, so I would always be resourceful. Every city I went to, every state, I would find the best photographer and I'd go assist them and work for them and and grow, you know? So I I would always be resourceful, so I'd always stop in the Blake and be like, hey, how's it going, buddy? I built that little relationship and provided value. I said, I know you need need me to shoot video, and he didn't for like a long time. And then finally one day he was like, yeah, I'll let you shoot one of my videos so during shooting i seen this office in the back and i was like what are you doing with that he said nothing so i was like let me rent it <laughs> so i quit my job and i became full-time in, into my my business now that's so awesome so it took you about what 17 or 13 months to get into uh your own studio from yeah, a full-time in. position yeah wow man that's 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 pretty phenomenal so from living in a bush to 13 months later being able to open a studio and and have the ability to uh to do something yeah absolutely that you love and mind you when i was in the bush i actually did shoot for nat geo (laughs) that was really cool i shot a national geographic red carpet and it was it was epiphany because i went from hollywood literally shaking hands with ron howard like going to sleep in a bush that same night. Wow. I was like from from riches to rags real quick. So what motivates you now? I mean, now that not that you've uh, you're not uh, you know at the Oscars. I don't think you. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Maybe you will be. But um, what's the ultimate goal? And like, what keeps you motivated? The ultimate goal is coast to coast studios to have studios. The ultimate goal is to become wealthy. I would say. Not rich, but wealth. So I want to have studios all across the states, all across America, and I want shooters just coming out of college or or experience to be shooting underneath my portfolio that I've built. So I'll book them, I'll keep them busy, and I collect 60%, pay them 40%. And if I could make 60% off of a 1,000 people every day, that's my main goal. And then I could be there for a family. I could travel for the rest of my life and collect residual income. Seems like you got it all planned out. It's just a matter of uh, filling in some of the gaps there in terms of uh, you know how that all shapes and, and how you fill that yeah, in. Which, which I re- I'm only 25, so I realize that I'm young. I have a lot to learn, and, and I'm excited. I, you know, I don't want to grow too fast or too slow. I want to experience everything along the way. And I've been fortunate to interview very wealthy people very wealthy ceos and they've all kind of said like don't rush to get here like enjoy the come up like enjoy these struggles enjoy the hard times well i think it just like anything else in life and in particular for what we deal with here travis with this terminal disease it's not about being on top but it's about those struggles you know that character building you know and uh, one thing that i always say to our families is that with this cancer, it's so devastating and it's so evil. And it's not about 
being knocked down because we all get we all get knocked down with this disease and we all get pushed really really hard it's about getting up you know and if you think Absolutely. about life you know living in a bush for 30 days man and just being able to brush yourself off every day that's some special stuff man and i'm not just saying mm-hmm. it but you know i don't know how many people even if you have an insight uh or you have like a you know this 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 call that you can make, the golden ticket, as you call it, you know, where you could call a friend and they they ship you back to Boston without thinking twice about it. Even yeah. in the back of your mind, yeah, that's great, but you're still living in a bush, dude. Uh, there's there's no there's that's that's a that's a reality of the situation. So uh, there's something there that's really fascinating to me, and I'm hopefully our audience to see this that uh, you know I, I think you mentioned a part of it, which is focus on the positives. And not the negatives that, uh, you know, like you said, you're, you're sleeping in this bush and you're in probably one of the most picturesque, beautiful parts of the country, if not the world. And it's free. Like you're not paying for it, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's people next to you that are paying, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, probably to rent over over a lifespan or time frame. I mean, even a year. Yeah. A lot of these places... During peak seasons, they're five thousand a week. Yeah. To rent, and I'm like, no, no thanks. <laughs> I was saving five thousand a week. <laughs> it's just so crazy. It's just so crazy. And I seeked a place with. I knew I didn't have money, so I seeked a place with like soup kitchens, you know, where I could go and get food and food pantries. So and I, so, you have to be very resourceful, but you also have to realize that some people are less fortunate and have pancreatic cancer and couldn't even walk down to a bush to do that so it's your perspective you know i felt very fortunate to be able to be in california never mind i was i mean homeless is is a perspective i i didn't see myself as homeless i see myself as traveling and building a building a future and that was one of the steps that i needed to take because i always wanted to come here to la but everything was stopping me every time i wanted to make the move i was like oh, i'm all set with salt lake i need to get to LA everything was stopping me and finally I was like I'm going that's fascinating man so I want to shift gears here just a bit still talk about your work but you know working on the my cause my cleats like did you work with any I mean you so are you well let me back up when Blake does B Street Shoes when they do his videos and stuff is that your work or is that Blake yeah all that's my my video work Okay, so then staying on that subject with the my cause, my cleats, this was probably, so if you've been with them for the last seven months, then this is probably the first kind of transition because um, I don't know if he did it last year. I don't know. We weren't in relationship with Blake last year, but mm-hmm. I would assume so This if this was the first go around for you. What was what was that like? Because that was pretty cool. I mean, he got a quite. I mean, he had a lot of players there on the L.A. Chargers. It seemed like, and you know, naturally there were three for our cause, but he had a whole bunch of players there. And and what was kind of tell our audience a little bit. You know, for those listening at home that don't know, first of all, let's talk about it. The my cause, my cleats NFL campaign started two years ago. The NFL allowed players to pick various causes, various charities versus what they have done years uh, ago was just October was pink, which was great. My mom's a breast cancer survivor, two-time breast cancer survivor. Uh, But two years ago, they allowed the players to choose their own 
causes and charities. And uh, last year, I think it did well. This year was, you know, the second year, which I think was highlighted more. There was more of a variety, I felt, this year than over last year in terms of the causes. And, you know, I am biased, and I think our cause and our mission is probably the most important one. But there's so many rare diseases. And it was really cool to see so much diversity among the league, among the teams. And, you know, we were blessed to have three Chargers uh, select our cause. And, you know, all three players had a connection to the disease, which was really fascinating to me. So with that being said, how was it for you to kind of – and I talk about storytelling, you know, and, and you are a storyteller. I'm sure you would agree with that, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So how does that make you feel in like telling some of those stories? And I don't know, you know, how in depth you got to meet some of the players, but some of these stories, at least I know for us, like Andre, uh, the gentleman there, the wide receiver who had lost his dad, uh, his grandfather, who basically raised him, you know, and just to hear his story and, you know, that's got to be somewhat emotional. I mean, naturally you lost your dad at an early age, so I'm sure maybe you could relate to that. But then some of these other causes and missions are just so critical and so important. And to have these professionals put that on a spotlight, spotlight is really, really fascinating and really cool. Absolutely. It was a blessing. I mean, I shoot a lot of different work, commercials for companies, different things. And when it, when it came down to my cause, my cleats, and working with you guys with Project Purple, it, it's really a good feeling to be doing and shooting a video that has a story and such a powerful foundation and, and meaning behind it. Now, did you find that with any of the other players in terms? Because I know Blake had quite a few of the players uh, that he had for the L.A. Chargers that had selected that option. I know it's not a requirement, and some players mm -hmm. don't, but a, a vast yeah, so majority of them do. When Blake um, gets these shoes and stuff, he offers my video services if they want media. And like a lot of these, a lot of the shoes that he does do, a lot of the companies do want media to post. So I believe that you guys were the only ones for the My Cause, My Cleats to purchase that. I know you did do a, a ton of them, but I was also busy during that month also. So I think that Andrea and what was his other uh, name? Dylan Cantrell. Yeah, Dylan Cantrell. They were the two that I was fortunate enough to be a part of that video. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate the support and uh, those videos came out amazing and it was great to help tell that narrative you know with what we're trying to do and what they're doing and and everything that blake was uh was able to show as well with his artwork which is just really fascinating i mean i didn't really know uh, quite honestly i didn't know of him beforehand and then just following yeah. his work is just really fascinating and just it's it's really art it truly is and to be able to to put that on a sneaker because he does all sorts of shoes and sneakers is just really amazing You know, and I know that these projects that he worked on with the My Cause, My Cleats was was definitely very fulfilling for him. So, Travis, I got a question, a couple questions here for you. If given the opportunity to shoot a particular form, what form do you love to shoot and why? Form as in, explain a little bit. So you're just type of style, like documentary, short story. I, I, before it was... National Geographic, you know, growing up, that was my goal. 
And when I reached out, I realized it wasn't really what I was looking for. And I started my show. My show behind the grams was a huge marketing. So I opened the studio and I was like, how can I build relationships with everybody without having to sell them a product? So I created behind the grams to start digging into people's stories because I had my Instagram very nice, got a lot of followers, but you look at the nine pictures, people typically don't scroll down, but you don't see the story that goes in behind those nine pictures. You didn't see how I was homeless. You didn't see me losing my dad and what pushed me towards photography. You only seen the picture on Instagram. So I wanted to create a platform that told the stories behind the grams. And when I started doing that, I was like, wow, I like, you know, I, I always love my story and I, I think it can inspire a lot of other people. And as I started interviewing people, I started realizing that everybody has a powerful story. So I wanted to, now really my main goal is storytelling. You know, I like creating pieces of work that tell a story and inspire others. So do you do, I'm here, I'm looking at your Instagram. A lot of this is, uh, I mean, a lot of these pictures, uh, here your latest one, you've got uh, Laguna Beach is just like a static picture. So will you dip into that realm into just uh, doing static like photos of like that or is it more those are really passion projects i mean i keep myself videography and everything's amazing to me and photography is really where it started and, and yeah. going to explore so i i bring my camera all over and the, the coast to coast studios instagram page is all my videography work and everything and and a lot of my passion passion projects also how sick I see here you have the video, the Mac Miller shoes that uh, B Street did. Those are those are pretty amazing. Yeah, those were definitely phenomenal. That, that in my mind, uh, I was like, wow, man, this dude is super talented to put like that kind of face on there. Uh, oh, I know, just... and, and the, the detail really in it, but, you know, it, your, a lens never captures the detail as good as your eye will. No, absolutely so the not. The details in that is, were phenomenal. So all your training then from, uh, you know, being able to do the editing and the filming and everything, that was really stuff that you learned in school and not anything that you just picked up. Um, no, actually, um, to be honest, in, in college, photography was my main thing. And I yeah. always said, I'm never going to shoot any video. So I didn't pay attention in the video classes. I totally <laughs> just, just blew by them, you know, didn't really pay attention to them. But, past you know i got by everything but i was like i'm never going to use this so i didn't really pay attention and in salt lake city i was photographing i was doing i was photographing an event and there happened to be a super cross team there they were trying to build funding or something and he was a pro super cross rider um i started chatting with the guy and he just says do you shoot video do you want to come on tour with us and i was like yeah i shoot video Never shot any of it, never even put together a video, didn't know how to edit. And like two, three days later, I was on tour with them. And I went on YouTube, I learned everything. I thought my videos were good, they were happy with them, but looking back, you know, three years ago, they were terrible. <laughs> but <laughs> it, I just dived right into it and I knew that I could come out with a presentable product at the end. So that's really how I found the videography end of, end of it. That's awesome. So you just kind of fell into it a bit, but had. Yeah, yeah. Fell, fell right into it and realized that. Literally. A picture tells a thousand words, a video tells a million, you know. So the, the Project Wisdom, I wanted to go back to that. I know you mentioned that earlier. 
what was kind of the inspiration for that and, and where do you see that going? Well, a big inspiration behind that was losing my father. I, I don't really have any videos of him. I don't really have any photos, many photos of him. So I wanted to hear these stories, but also, you know, a lot of these elderly people don't know about YouTube, but I document their stories and I want generations of their family to be able to see their smile, see their eyes, feel their feelings, hear their laugh and give them something that I will never have, you know? And how far have you started with that project? I know Sean, when yeah, she so met with you, she mentioned one episode. As soon as I have an idea, I jump right on it. So I, I had the idea, and I filmed one full episode. It's about an hour. Her name's Doris. She's born in 1930 from New York. And that was at the Vivante Living Center where Megan had seen me out on the streets, you know. So then I went and set up a table a couple weeks ago and spent Christmas with them and had the residents sign up. That's so fascinating, had, man. So I have about 10, 10 or 11 people signed up that I'm going to start filming. It's so fascinating to go from living in a bush to, you know, filming and documenting, you know, homeless people and in the, their whole life and giving everyone that kind of perspective and just pulling out the positives of, of that whole thing. Well, Travis, I, I really appreciate the time and there's so many things here. Um, I love the whole sleeping in a bush and, and just to bring that back, when do you think you will launch that video? Because that would be something I think that would be really cool uh, to watch and just to kind of see that whole time in your life and how you got through it. And uh, I'm, there's probably some wild sound bites on the, on the cutting room floor, the editing room floor of that whole process, which would be awesome to kind of take a look at. So I think I'll re re I will release it when my life tells me to. You know, I want to be at this success level that I feel it will tell a story. You know, because a lot of people would hear that and say, "Oh, well, you're not there yet." You know. Well, what 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 is the uh, what is it then? What is the what's in your mind? What's that moment? Is it being on Ellen? Or is it a particular uh, yeah, I really, goal? I don't know. I feel my life will tell me. When, when that is, you know, I never released the video of my dad until about five months ago. And I, it was just something told me that I needed to inspire other people's perspective on things. Well, I'm sure you'll know when that time comes and uh, that'll be a fascinating video to watch. Absolutely. Well, last question, and this is uh, for you. Where can our audience listening at home, what's the best way that they can find you and where can they find you? Instagram at Coast to Coast Studios with the number two on Instagram at Behind the Grams or on YouTube at Coast to Coast Studios. Awesome. And they can get links to your YouTube channel there as well. Um, yeah, and watch the video. Linked up through. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Travis, thank you for all you've done to help us tell our narrative and our story with the Mike Cause, Mike Cleats campaign. And thank you for, I mean, this has been, I, you know, we didn't know about this whole sleeping in a bush for 30 days, man. And that is just so powerful stuff, man. And hopefully our listeners at home, you know, take away the perspective and the positive wisdom that you shared on focusing on those positives. And no matter how hard it may seem or how hard it may get in life, 
that there's always a positive to take from it. And, you know, you truly have shown that in what you've done and how you've gotten to where you are today. So thank you once again for being a guest on the Project Purple podcast. And as we say here in the studio, that's a wrap. (laughs) 